Get your morning groove on right now with Boom's Big Brekkie. That is right. Boom's Big Brekkie is here on your Wednesday morning. It's me, Max, with Boom Talks. And coming up this hour, we're going to be talking about anger in the workplace. Do you ever get angry? Because there's been a new study done that says if you do get angry, your your productivity may go up, which is pretty interesting. As well as, obviously, we've just come off the back of Halloween, and the one thing you watch during Halloween is a horror film. So there's apparently another study that has been done recently that says watching a horror film is good for your health. I mean, who knew? I I didn't know that. Of course, we'll always have headlines with Talon at half past. And then after that, we're going to be going talking about Venice and what has happened over there. Because it is pretty spectacular, you could call it, with the way that they have been saved by a little damn wall. Because obviously Venice is a water city, but I'll get into that a bit later. But for now, here is a bit of jungle. The Chainsmokers and A-Lock here for you on Boom Talks with Max for your Wednesday morning. Welcome to the jungle, Guns and Roses for you here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. And now, do you ever get angry at work? Because there's been an interesting study done that says if you do get angry at work, you are able to be more productive and it's can be used as a powerful motivator. So the American Psychological Association surveyed over a thousand people who were triggered into experiencing a specific emotion then and then given tasks such as solving word puzzles and levels in a challenging video game. And what the research found was that the rage typically elicited the best performance, including shorter response times and higher scores. Now, lead author Heather Lynch said people often believe a state of happiness is ideal and the majority of people consider the pursuit of happiness a major life goal. She went on to say the view that positive emotion is ideal for mental health and well-being has been prominent in lay and psychological accounts of emotion, but previous research suggests a mixed a mix of emotions, including yet negative emotions like anger, result in the best outcomes. So, what do you reckon? Do you agree with this? I mean, this is pretty interesting stuff. So, if you're angry, you're able to achieve a better result in the tasks that you are doing, so you can achieve them better. And let me know. Does this work for you? Has you, have you ever been angry at work or wherever really? And then all of a sudden you're able to just get that task that you're wanting to be completed with for a long time just done and over with. Let me know what you think on 9443236. The phone lines are open or on the text line at 0448769964. But it is pretty interesting that is for sure. But coming up right now is a little bit of Holly Hebb with Ghost of You here on Boom Talks. Ghost of You, Holly Hebb for you on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. Now, obviously yesterday was Halloween and the spookiest day of the year, that is for sure. But did you know that watching a horror film is good for your health? 
I know it, it sounds crazy, but just hear me out for a second. So psycho- psychologists have suggested that scary movies such as The Shining, The Exorcist, uh, Saw, any of those films, are actually beneficial for a person's well-being as they promote both stress and pain relief through the release of endorphins and dopamine, which is the reward hormone in your body. Now, films that feature a lot of jump scare moments, which is basically every horror film that you can think of right now in the world, it sort of has those moments where it effect, it's effective, most effective at burning calories, essentially, and they have a significant effect on a person's heart rate. Now, Dr. Christian Kristen Knowles, a neuropsychologist at Queen Margaret University in Edinburgh in Scotland, told the Herald newspaper that researchers have found that watching horror can improve pain tolerance due to endorphin production. She went on to say distraction from pain is also a likely explanation since attention and energy resources are diverted towards threat evaluation and away from other bodily functions. So, and this also validates a previous study that was done in 2012 conducted by the University of Westminster that found watching a 90-minute horror film burned roughly the same amount of calories as a short walk. So there you go. Do you think we have a new sort of diet plan? You know, you've got your 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 two-in-one plan. You've got your one meal a day. You've got You've got all your others. And then you've also got the new one, which is the horror film diet plan, which all you need to do is watch a horror film and you've done basically the same amount of calorie burning as a short walk. But let me know what you think. Is this a bit far-fetched or what? Let me know on the phone and text lines as always. They are open so you can always call in and chat about it on 944-32236 or 0448-769-964. But I mean, wow. Who knew? Might have, I might have to start watching horror films from now on, maybe. Coming up next, I'll be talking about Venice and how they narrowly avoided flooding thanks to the deployment of the Moose Dam system. So, hear all about that after this here on Boom. Looking to kickstart your day with a coffee shop that's truly one of a kind? Well, guess what? Oxford Yard is the place for you. Where extraordinary service, exceptional staff and mouth-watering food come together to create an unforgettable experience right here in Perth. Conveniently located next to North Metropolitan TAFE in Leadville on Oxford Street, they're your daily destination for everything you crave. They're open bright and early at 6.30am and they're here to serve you until 2.30pm, ensuring your day starts on the right note. Oxford Yard, proud sponsors of Boom's Big Breakfast. I just want you to know me, hot prowl for you here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. And as always, at nearly half past seven in the morning, or every time it nears half past, I'm joined by my very special guest, Talon. For the news headlines, tell them the what's coming up. just get better and better, Max. Oh, um, well, you know, I spend time thinking about them when I'm sleeping overnight to make sure I have the best <laughs> prepared for you. That's very wholesome. Um... The city of Mandra is in the midst of planning long-term closures of two Dawesville roads, both obviously very busy and in a very frequent operation as well, especially during the rush hour down there. Um, So it's going to be closed at various times from the 20th of November and the 24th of January. Those 
two roads being Dandaragan Drive and Bailey Boulevard. Parts of those, obviously, and um, they will be reopened from Christmas Eve to the 9th of January, however. I was wondering if they ever are going to be reopened. <laughs> no, that, they will be, obviously. Lots of people are going to be travelling down to Mandurah and the southwest during that time of the year. Very very popular time for holidays there, so you know there'd be some outrage if I think they were closed. Um, that is for sure. What else is happening? Um, Daisy Ridley, who previously acted in Star Wars, is going to be shooting a film in the Great Southern Region in January. Sorry, February. My apologies. In WA as well, and she joins a um, she joins a very star-studded list of recent actors who have come to WA to shoot some films, including Nicolas Cage as yeah. well. Jai Courtney and Sam Neill. And in sport, obviously, uh, a bit later on, even though I am teasing it now, a bit later on in the show, we'll be having you on to talk about the World Cup in yeah, Qatar. 2034. But besides that, what else is happening in the wide, wide world of sport? So 2034, Saudi Arabia, they're now all but confirmed to host that World Cup. And this comes just after Australia withdrew their interest and their bid to host the prestigious tournament and Australia was one of two bidders as well so now Saudi Arabia the sole bid they're all but confirmed while we're waiting on now is a confirmation of it from FIFA because I mean it would be surprising if they didn't get it and there's just a surprise bid somewhere you know yeah well look the deadline was yesterday obviously well not necessarily yesterday it's still Tuesday over mm. there it was a few hours ago that's when FIFA decided to have their deadline for countries that can bid and express their interest. Because they only wanted it for like audition. Australia, Asia, and the Middle East, didn't yeah, they? They so, only wanted those countries to bid. Yep, yeah, so 2034 was destined to be hosted by an Asian country. Now, I know, obviously, Australia, we're not an Asian country, we're oceanic, but mm. by FIFA, Australia is recognised as an Asian continent, obviously, because... They do participate in the Asian Cup as mm. well. Well, thank you so much for that, Talon. You'll be back at 8 o'clock, as always, for the top of our headlines, where you'll also go through the latest in traffic and weather, correct? Yep, and also the latest in the Middle Eastern conflict as well to come. Awesome. Thank you so much. But in a bit, I'll be talking about Venice and how they narrowly escaped flooding. That is after... A-E-I-O-U Penau and Empire of the Sun here on Boom Talks. A-E-I-O-U Penau and Empire of the Sun for you here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. Now, Venice. We all know the city is famous for being on the water, but did you know that they narrowly escaped flooding recently thanks to the deployment of a most dam system that was built to protect the city. Now, the water at the southern dam of the Lido Barrier Island reached 154 centimetres above the normal level on Monday night. This was just two nights ago, according to the city's data. Now, St Mark's Square becomes submerged when the water level is about 80 centimetres above the normal level, according to the municipality. And MOS is a system of 78 floodgates rising from the Venetian lagoon floor and has been in operation since 
2020. Now, when it rains and storms cause water levels to rise, especially in the autumn, Venice raises the barriers, avoiding major high tides in the UNESCO World Heritage City. Now, the only time it's done this was when it was recorded in 1966 and the highest water level then was 194 centimeters but obviously they have to be careful with the high tides and the seawater as well because it can cause major damage to the buildings that are in venice now live images from the popular tourist city on yesterday morning showed people walking across saint mark's square as normal and the last major flooding incident occurred in november of 2022 when the water level reached about 170 centimeters above the normal level so i mean this is pretty scary stuff that is for sure when it reaches you know that high it's like you have to be careful with something because if not there there can be some serious problems so let me know what you think do you think venice was lucky this time or do you think that maybe the next time they might not be so lucky let me know on the phone and text lines as always on nine double four three double two three six or zero double four eight seven six nine nine six four but coming up in a little bit i'm going to be talking about president joe biden yes as donald trump calls him sleepy joe sleepy joe is so sleepy but President Biden has issued an executive order to try and control and enhance AI for the US. So I'll be talking all about that in a little bit here on Boom Talks. Heads at 100, Ken Paolo and the Space Cadets for you here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. Now, President Joe Biden has released an executive order that has asking... Uh, AI companies that are creating it to put better protections in for people and for citizens in the United States. Now, as a part of this, it also includes new standards for AI safety and security, which includes requiring that developers of the most powerful AI systems share their safety tests results and other critical information with the US government in accordance with the Defense Protection Act, develop standards, tools and tests to help ensure that AI systems are safe, secure and trustworthy. It also includes protect against the risk of using AI to engineer dangerous biological materials by developing strong new standards for biological synthesis screening. I mean, there is a lot more that President Joe Biden has done within this executive order. It also includes advancing equity and civil rights, which includes provide clear guidance to landlords, federal benefit programs, and federal contractors to keep AI algorithms from being used to exacerbate discrimination. Again, address algorithmic discrimination through training, technical assistance, and coordination between the Department of Justice and the Federal Civil Rights Officers on best practices for investigating and prosecuting civil rights violations related to AI. And it also includes protecting Americans' privacy, which includes protect Americans' privacy by prioritizing federal support for accelerating the development and current use of privacy-preserving techniques, strengthen privacy-preserving research and technologies, evaluate how agencies collect and use commercially available information, and develop guidelines for federal agencies to develop to evaluate the effectiveness of privacy-preserving techniques.
So, I mean, now this is all very, very interesting, of course, because AI has become such a prominent issue nowadays that we've had to find ways to be able to control it, but also try and enhance it because it can be used as such a powerful, powerful tool to be able to energize businesses and, you know, schools and whatever else to help make sure that society is able to function and more or less with live it live with it beg your pardon because i watched a great film recently about a month ago maybe or so called the creator now it's a film about set in the future about what happens when ai if it takes over and it basically it had a great message within the film saying if we are not careful with how ai is developing our world could become very hateful and we could start having wars over AI. So this is the way it's becoming. So we need to be careful with how it is used. So let me know what you think on the phone or text lines. Do you think we need to try and control AI and how it is used? Let me know on 0448769964 or 9443236. Is it something that we need to control or are we just a little bit too late with it? Coming up in a little bit, we've got Talon with the news headlines, talking about all the latest in everything from Hamas to the FIFA 2032 World Cup in Qatar. So it is going to be a very interesting headlines to listen to, so make sure you listen out for that one. That's coming up here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band there with Thunder Road for you. One of my favourite songs of all time of Bruce's, that is for sure. And I'll be talking about him a little bit later on in the show. But for now, just quickly before we head off into the news headlines with Talon, I want to talk about news that broke overnight of WA Nationals MP for the North West Central, Maureen Beard. She's defected to the Liberal Party. The move now raises of course serious doubts for the opposition leader Shane Love who in a statement this morning said this evening at 7:01 p.m. I received notice from the member of for Northwest Central of a resignation from the National Party he said he went on to say just over a year ago dedicated members of the Nationals WA from all corners of the state worked tirelessly raised funds and contributed significantly to elect Maureen Beard as a member of the parliament of the state parliament under the National Party banner so now obviously it's now up to between Shane, it's now up to Shane Love and Libby Medham to of course decide who will become the next leader of the opposition because they now hold three seats each in parliament. So of course now this is going to raise serious doubts because this defection now comes after a by-election win. So now obviously the by-election was triggered by Vince Catania last year who resigned and Mr Catania himself entered politics as a Labour MP before defecting to the Nationals Party in a move that still raises tempers among some Labour veterans whenever mentioned. Now, rumour of Miss Beard's defection have been swirling around political circles in WA for the past fortnight and some in the known forecast could spell it out, could spell the end of Liberal National Opposition Alliance. So, I mean, we've got the next state election in 2025, so it's going to be pretty interesting to see what happens next 
that is for sure. But coming up at in about five minutes, you will have headlines with Talon taking you through the latest in the news, sport, weather and traffic. So make sure you listen out to that one here on Boom Talks. Looking at your roads, a serious crash has occurred on the northbound of Quinana Freeway just past Berrigan Drive in South Lake. Various lanes have been blocked and police as well as ambulances and towing services are on site. The traffic is heavy on approach in conjunction with peak hour traffic ongoing. Tonkin Highway is also host to a crash, this one being just after Kelvin Road in the Orange Grove area. The right lane is currently blocked and towing services are on site with the traffic being heavy on the approach. If you see anything, let us know at 9 or before 3, double two three six. make sure to drive safely. Good morning, I'm Talon Alkington with your Boom Radio News update, proudly supported by Splitting Bean Cafe, Leadable. More casualties have been recorded in the Israel-Hamas conflict, this time a refugee camp being the target for an attack. The Israeli Defence Forces claim that the people targeted were terrorists, with one being an apparent senior leader of Hamas. Health officials in the area claim that a majority of the casualties were civilians. So far, at least 50 people are believed to have been the victim of the recent attack. More to come. Former Air Force serviceman Adrian Humphreys has been found deceased in remote New Zealand. Humphreys was set out on a camping adventure in Taranaki, a remote location off the west coast of New Zealand's North Island. Humphreys was seen with five wounds that appear to be stab wounds on the torso, slumped on the grass just outside where he set up his campsite. So far, the murderer is believed to have been inspired by the thought of stealing Humphreys' car. More to come on that one later. The city of Mandurah is in the midst of planning long-term closures of two Dawesville roads with Dandaragan Drive and Bailey Boulevard on the cars to be closed at various times between the, between the 20th of November and the 24th of January. The closure is believed to be for the drainage, sewer and road construction. The roads will be open though from Christmas Eve through to the 9th of January next year. Daisy Ridley, who previously acted in Star Wars, is set to play a role in filming a survival thriller called We Bury the Dead in Western Australia. Ridley previously played Jedi Riley and joined a list of stardom to record in WA, joining elite company like Nicholas Cage, Jai Courtney and Sam Neill. The movie's anticipated to be done in the Great Southern Region in February next year. On to the sports now. Saudi Arabia are now all but locked in to host the 2034 FIFA Men's World Cup. This comes after Australia had withdrawn their interest to host the prestigious tournament just hours before the deadline to express interest and bid for the 2034 edition of the iconic tournament yesterday. The Saudi Arabian bid has been met with some controversy, with some people calling for FIFA to fulfil its human rights commitments. A World Cup hosted by Saudi Arabia would be the second World Cup to be hosted in the Arabic world, just after Qatar hosted it last year. Live is perhaps in the air now with dating rumours of Matilda star Mary Fowler and NRL superstar Nathan Cleary now continuing to ignite after Cleary was spotted in attendance at Optus Stadium on Sunday afternoon, watching on as the Matildas won 8-0 over the Philippines in the latest Olympic qualifier. 
Fowler opened the scoring on Sunday and played a crucial part in Caitlin's Thor Caitlin Ford's third goal of the match. On the topic of the Matildas, the Tillies are playing their third Olympic qualifier in Perth against Chinese Taipei tonight at HBF Park. With star players Courtney Vine, Ellie Carpenter and Emily Van Egmond all stated to miss the fixture. Onto the weather now. A warm one is on the cards today. It's currently 18 degrees in Perth this morning and a high of 27 is expected at about 1 p.m. this afternoon. The update on Boom Radio. Passing it back over now to Boom Talks. We're back with more fun right here on Boom's Big Brekkie. Brought to you by Oxford Yard. That is right. Boom Talks with me, Max, with you until... 10 a.m. where from there you are going to have your workday shows taking you through until the afternoon. But until then, don't worry about that. For now, we're going to be talking about this hour in love. There's been a new study done about Perth. It's one of the hardest cities in the country to find a, a partner in. And also coming up, Alkamos residents. There is some good news for you from the federal government that they have set aside funding to improve your network coverage and also the managers of the Camelot Outdoor Cinema are confident that the beloved summer tradition will be back in business by Christmas so we will talk about that as well as also Robert Irwin the infamous crocodile the son of the crocodile hunter will be talking about his paycheck that has been revealed to host I'm a celebrity get me out of here so it's all of that is coming up after a bit of die for me Halsey here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. Bye, bye, bye. In sync for you here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. My name is Max with you until 10 a.m. But for now, are you struggling to find a relationship here in Perth? Because if so, you are not alone. According to a new study, Perth has the lowest rate of singles in any of Australia's big cities. Only 30% of the population are single, and according to data from Casino Oz, Perth has also come bottom for date venues, as only has 7.58% 7.58 restaurants per 10,000 people. So that that let's just go through that that again. So only 30% of the population are single, but Perth also has 7.58 restaurants per 10,000 people. So the the figures for those looking for love might consider Canberra because let me tell you why. Because Canberra has topped it for being the easiest city to find romance. So, you know, got to make a decision. Do you want to move to Canberra or not? Who knows? Let me know what you think on 9443236 or 0448769964. Are you finding it hard to find love in Perth? I mean, if you are, let me know. I'd love to hear from you about it. But coming up in a little bit, I am going to be talking about Alchemos and residents. If you live, listeners, if you live in Alchemos and you're listening to this show, you might want to tune in because there is something very good on the way for you. That is for sure. That's coming up in a bit here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. And right now is a bit of Sunday honey with On My Mind. That is, oh, I don't know. But anyway, it's here playing now on Boom.
Looking for a much needed alone time for a movie night or perhaps eager to catch up with friends over a film? Look no further than Reading Cinemas with a fantastic selection of both blockbuster hits and upcoming talent from Western Australia's film scene, Reading Cinemas has got you covered. Plus they offer student friendly prices and a delicious variety of snacks to keep you and your friends satisfied throughout the show. Don't wait any longer, whether you're in Belmont, Armadale, or the new cinema in Bustleton. Head over to Reading Cinemas and grab your popcorn. And remember, Reading Cinemas is a proud sponsor of Boom Radio, because it's not just noise, it's entertainment at its best. Sunshine, Swain Delgado featuring Jai for you here on Boom Radio for your Wednesday morning. And now residents of Alchemos, be ready, because... Thanks to the federal government, they have set aside funding as part of its improving mobile coverage round for a new mobile phone base station subject to local planning approvals. Now, it will be built with the help of Telstra and is expected to enable Alchemos residents and visitors to access more reliable phone coverage. Now, the Alchemos funds are a part of the $37.2 million awarded under the IMCR which attracted $28.8 million industry co-investment and the rollout schedule will be published on the carrier's website once the contracts have been executed. So now, what do you think? You're looking forward to this? Better mobile coverage. Who doesn't want that? That is for sure. And also, I want to know, are you happy with your current level of mobile coverage and are you looking forward to it being improved let's just say let me know on the phone text lines at nine double four three double two three six or zero double four eight seven six nine nine six four because i mean if i was living in alchemos man i would be ecstatic to hear that my phone service is going to be improved because of the federal government that is for sure but Coming up in a little bit, we have got headlines with Talon, where he will take us through what's the latest in all of the news around the world. So make sure you stick around for that one. But now here is, it's been a long day, Spacey Jane for you here on Boom with Boom Talks. It's been a long day, Spacey Jane for you here on Boom, a local band here from Perth, but they have made it big globally, that is for sure. But, I mean... I could say that he is somewhat the equivalent of LeBron James in the news team. <laughs> it's Talon Elkington. <laughs> it's a fair. I haven't heard that one before. Oh, but I mean, you're like the you're the king of news, man. I suppose so. I'll so, take that title. Yeah, and what do they call LeBron James? The king. The king goat? James. Yes. Mm. So there you go, the King Talon. James. So what is in the news headlines? Uh, that is coming up at yeah. nine o'clock. We'll quickly touch on the latest in the Israel and Hamas conflict. A um, refugee camp has been targeted in an attack. They believe about 50 people at the moment are victim of it. And apparently, a senior leader for Hamas is also one of the 50 people included in that. Okay, and in the news now, in an, about an hour or so, you'll be back in... With you and another special guest talking yes, about the... potentially Jordan, my co-host on Sports Nation. Talking about the World Cup and yeah. why Qatar is basically all but confirmed. Saudi Arabia, yes. They oh, are Saudi, pretty much Saudi, all sorry. but locked in mm. to host the 2034 Men's World Cup. Obviously, 
Australia withdrew yesterday afternoon, mm. and the deadline was yesterday. Because everyone thought that in. Australia was actually going to be the country to host it after the success we had here with the Women's World Cup. Yeah, I mean, we made a pretty good case with the Women's World Cup. It was a huge success. Lots of people coming down for that one, and it was probably the best Women's World Cup to date. However, we'll be getting into this more in about an hour's time with potentially Jordan. But essentially, we withdrew. Now Saudi Arabia are the only bidder. So, like, they, they, they're going to get it. We they're, just need FIFA all, to confirm it. They're all but confirmed now, aren't they? Yeah. Because uh, obviously the deadline was yesterday. So, you can't have any other countries or continents expressing their interest. But this was the one Australia were destined to host. Mm. Because 2034 was to return to Asia. And Australia... Even though we're in Oceania, we're considered an Asian country that, by FIFA. And that's by FIFA, is it? That yeah. we classify as an Asian we're country. We're classified as an Asian country. Because we FIFA. also play in the Asian leagues, isn't it? We, we do, play? yes. And we compete against all the Asian countries in the World Cup qualifiers as well. So, I mean, it's pretty interesting to see what happened and maybe... Uh, maybe it'll come out a bit later on, yeah. maybe in We're the next to, couple of days, yeah. about why Australia pulled out. Yeah. But, I mean, we do have the Olympics coming up here again in Brisbane. We do have the Olympics in Brisbane, So there is yes. events coming to there is, Australia. And there's still every chance Australia Plus, do end up getting it in the future. Also, there's the United Cup in January, I think, coming to Perth. So that is going to be very exciting as well. So we do have a few events coming to Australia, that is for sure, not just the World Cup. Thank you very much for that one, Talon, as always. And coming up in a little bit, I'll be talking about the managers of Camelot Outdoor Cinema. They said they are confident they could get the cinema back open by Christmas. Let me tell you why. And that's coming up in a little bit here on Boom. Dynamite Teo Cruz for you here on Boom Talks. My God, that song takes me back a long time ago. But that is not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Camelot Outdoor Cinema. Now, you may remember recently that they said that they were going to close this summer due to three people, three residents in the Mosman Park area who live around the outdoor cinema making noise complaints and starting up a campaign that was so so hard fought that they won the campaign to shut down the cinema but now it's come out that the managers of Camelot Outdoor Cinema are confident that they can get the cinema back open by Christmas despite these noise complaints from the neighbours that forced them to close the cinema after 22 years of operating there so basically now what they're saying is that they closed but now they're saying we can open up again if we adhere to what the neighbors want and we can get it done by christmas so luna palace cinemas announced that they are in they said we are in negotiations with a cinema operator to keep it business as usual so that came out from the perth international jazz festival general manager richard evans who now is the new occupant at mosman parks memorial hall and this all comes obviously off the back of complaints, but it was also complaints from three households, but it was also revealed that state government's environmental protection regulations also were asked to get involved, but they didn't say anything. But Luna Cinemas came out with a statement saying, due to noise reduction implementations in the area, we are unable to screen our films at a reasonable volume and deliver the quality viewing experience that our customers have come to expect and deserve. So I want to ask you this question then. Do you think 
that they will be able to finish up these negotiations in time for Christmas. Because this is when they said they want to open by. And so now Luna and the Perth International Jazz Festival, along with the neighbours surrounding the Memorial Hall, have to work together to try and come up with a solution that is fit for purpose to be able to let these cinemas continue for another 22 years, hopefully. Because I live in Mosman Park, and let me tell you that when I heard news as a local resident that the cinemas were closing, I was devastated because my family have been involved in that cinema for many years. And I always remembered going there with friends, with family, having a good night, enjoying myself and forgetting that even though the weather was hot outside, you watched a good film and that, you know, you'd want to watch that film again when it comes out on DVD or on Netflix or wherever you stream your movies. So, let me know. Do you think they'll be able to work out a deal by Christmas or not? Let me know on the phone and text lines at 944-3236 or 0448-769-964. I mean, it's pretty interesting, isn't it? They're now saying Christmas is when they can open. So, we'll just have to wait and see from here as well always but for now here is a bit of tame impala with booty brown and gorillas with their song new gold for you here on boom with boom talks new gold gorillas featuring tame impala and booty brown for you here on boom radio with boom talks now just quickly before we go over to the news headlines as always with talent now, we all know that Robert Irwin, the son of Steve Irwin, has been announced to host the new, well, the new season of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. And it's now been revealed the paycheck that he's been given to host the new season of it. So, according to the Daily Mail, Channel, a Channel 10 source revealed the 19-year-old is set to earn over $430,000 for his six-week long roll in South Africa. Now, obviously, as we all know, Channel 10 is broadcast, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, and Robert Irwin will co-host this show with comedian Julian Morris. But this comes after, back in April, the Daily Mail also revealed that the 2023 Jungle Stars were taking home between thirty-five dollars to $300,000. So, I mean... This all starts next year, obviously. The new season of it is beginning in 2024. But, I mean, this is pretty bold stuff, let's just say. It is bold because, I mean, who knew that you could take home this amount of money to just be in South Africa for six weeks enjoying yourself and you never know what may happen after that, of course, because, I mean... Look at it this way. I mean, if you're earning, say, $430,000 to be in South Africa for six weeks, I would take it, that's for sure. I mean, I definitely would take it because, I mean, who who would be, who wouldn't be stupid enough not to take it? I mean, that's for sure. But, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see how everybody enjoys him as the new host of the show and see where it goes from here as always i'll be back after the headlines to talk about everything that's happening in the second 
in the last hour of the show, including my chat with two of the three hosts from Friday's breakfast show, Sports Nation, to talk about Saudi Arabia and their World Cup bid, which is all but finalised now. So we'll be talking about that on the other side of the news. This, right now, if you've got one song that you love by an artist, this is most probably my one by Michael Jackson. It's You Rock My World, and it's playing now here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. We're back with more fun right here on Boom's Big Brecky. Brought to you by Oxford Yard. That is right. There is more fun right now here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. My name is Max, taking you through until 10 a.m. where from there you're going to have your work day and help you get through your Wednesday. It's the hump day. It's Wednesday. You know, we're nearly at the weekend. It's just around the corner as they say but coming up this hour we'll be talking about the boss and he has announced 22 new dates for his 2024 tour we'll also be talking about elon musk and apparently in a new report x or twitter has lost half its value in in one year since he bought it so it's pretty interesting to see what he's going to do next and obviously as you know all know i've been talking about it with talon all morning but at 9 30 or around then, we'll be having two out of the three hosts from Sports Nation come in to talk about Saudi Arabia and their World Cup bid, but also SBS and the 2026 FIFA World Cup men's tournament and them securing a deal to be able to broadcast it. And last but not least, as we all know, the Rolling Stones released a new album recently, and because of that, they got a little award for it from the Brits from the Brit Billion Award so from the Brit Music Award beg your pardon sorry I didn't mean to confuse you there doesn't matter we're moving on now but for now it is Joe, Joel Corey Katie Bassa dance around it here on Boom with Boom Talks The Sweet Escape Gwen Stefani fe- featuring Akon here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning now whenever I mention Bruce Springsteen, does one song come into mind? Because I know for me, I think this song would come into mind. So tell me who I see When I look in your eyes Is that you, baby? Or just a That was Brilliant Disguise by Bruce Springsteen. Now, I am talking about him because... Last night, he announced that he is going on a 22-day trek around Europe as a part of his 2024 world tour. Now, the new dates that will kick off on May the 5th, 2024, in Cardiff, in Wales. And they will finish on the 25th of July in London, with stops along the way in Belfast, Dublin, Prague, Milan, Madrid, Barcelona, Helsinki, and Stockholm. Now, tickets for this trek will go on sale starting with the Denmark show on July the 9th, and those tickets will go on sale from November the 2nd. And earlier this month, he announced that the new dates for his postponed 2023 tour to early 2024 to give the 74-year-old rock and roll legend time to recover from his stomach ulcer that he's got. He was diagnosed with peptic ulcer disease earlier this year, which meant they had to cancel the rest of the 2023 tour. 
but it will kick off on March the 19th in Phoenix, Arizona, and will put him will keep going on the road until September the 13th at Oriole Park in Baltimore. So let me know what you think. You looking forward to this? I know I am as a massive fan of the boss. I just want him to announce dates for Australia so then I can A, start saving money, and B, buy the ticket so I can go and see him live because I've never seen him live before. I'd love that to happen. But let me know what you think. If you live in either Europe or the US, let me know what you think. Are you excited for this? You can call in at 944-3236 or 0448-769-964. This is pretty exciting stuff, that is for sure. For sure. But for now, here is Susie with At Least My Dog Still Loves Me here on Boom for your Wednesday morning. And coming up, we'll be talking about X and how it's halved its value in a year since Elon Musk bought it. Susie, at least my dog still loves me for you here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning with me, Max. And now, obviously, a year ago, Elon Musk bought X, which was known then as Twitter, for $44 billion. Now, that was after months of him saying he is going to buy it, he's not going to buy it, he is, he isn't. To which, finally, in October of last year, he bought it. And now, according to a new report, its value has fallen by over half of what he bought it for last year and since Musk took over there has been some significant changes to Twitter including most of their staff either being laid off or resigned and also the company's content rules were altered and it suffered a loss of more than half of its advertising revenue. Now Musk said he wants to build the platform to be an app with more functions, including financial services. But many companies are avoiding X as an advertising platform because they fear a negative environment for their brands. So how is he going to try and fill that gap without the revenue from the advertising? Well, he's decided to set up a subscription base within the app to which you have to pay to be able to unlock more features. Now, Obviously, for this takeover, he took out a loan of around 13 billion US dollars, which is now weighing on X, including its interest of up to 1.2 billion dollars a year. So it's pretty interesting to see what happens now. So if you wanted to know what the actual value of it is now, it's now worth about 30 billion Australian dollars or 19 billion US. So it's pretty fascinating to see what has happened in the year since he bought it and the downturn it has gone through. But coming up next, I'll be talking about the 2034 Saudi Arabia bid for the World Cup with two of the three hosts from Sports Nation being Talon and Jordan. Hopefully talking about why Saudi Arabia has all but got it basically since Australia pulled out of its bid to host it. That is coming up in a little bit here on Boom Talks. Are you ready to elevate your dining experience? Look no further than Princey the Butcher, your neighbourhood meat destination. At Princey's, this Italian family-owned business is passionate about quality. Princey hand-selects the finest cuts of meat, ensuring unparalleled freshness and flavour for your table. The steaks from Princey the Butcher are simply unbeatable. Perfect for your next barbecue. And don't forget our homemade sausages and exquisite recipes. 
Trust them, they've only been doing it for 45 years. Visit Princey the Butcher today and taste the difference for yourself. Located at 527 Fitzgerald Street in North Perth, where quality meets flavour. Princey the Butcher, a proud sponsor of Boom Radio, not just noise. Glitter and gold sashem for you here on Boom Radio for your Wednesday morning here on Boom Talks. Now, right now we're going to be talking about the World Cup because some pretty interesting stuff has come out. Now, SBS have attained the right to be able to broadcast the 2026 FIFA Men's World Cup tournament, which is going to be their 10th one in a row, and they'll be streaming all 104 matches of it. But also at the same time, you might have heard his little voice just then, I've got Talon with me, the host of Sports Nation, to talk about Saudi Arabia and their 2034 World Cup bid, which is now all but confirmed. That's correct, yeah. isn't it, Talon? Yeah, that's correct. Obviously, Australia, unfortunately, withdrew their bid yesterday, just before the deadline, when Asian and Oceanic countries could confirm their interest and their bid. So that leaves Saudi Arabia now as the sole bidder. And obviously, now, yeah, obviously Jordan was supposed to be in this break. He's just missed it barely. Um, Yeah, look, so obviously, I mean, I think it was all set up for Saudi Arabia, to be honest, which is unfortunate. How come? Why? So the Asian Football Confederation, which obviously Saudi Arabia and Australia both fall under, they backed Saudi Arabia from the beginning. Yeah. Saudi Arabia were very quick to bid for this World Cup 24 edition of it. And they were backed from the Asian Football Confederation straight away as well. So once they got the backing of the Asian Football Confederation, that means that they were basically all but to win it. And Australia didn't have a chance. Pretty much. And I also think Saudi Arabia... I mean, look, it'd be the second World Cup in the Arabic world, obviously. Last year it was in Qatar, which was the first as well. But instead... Australia are going to make a bid to host the 2029 Club World Cup and the 2026 Women's Asian Cup as well. So there's some positive news there for Australian soccer fans. We might not get the Men's World Cup that we all want, but there's those two which are obviously because worth catching an eye. Also, we were apparently in it to win it like Saudi Arabia. Everyone said that this was going to be Australia's World Cup to host. Yeah. I mean... 2034, you mean? Mm. Obviously, it was obviously it's going to return to the Asian and Oceanic region that year. I think a lot of people would want an Australian World Cup. We're probably one of the first, if not the first, countries that come to mind that are potential hosts. But I think the big issue for a lot of countries would be obviously the time zones and also the heat as well. But you also have to factor in World Cups occur in June and July, and that's obviously winter here in Australia. That's also during footy season. So chances of games being held at, let's say, Optus Stadium would be slim. Because mm. you'd have the AFL and you'd also have West Coast and Freo saying, no, we want it for this. And that would also probably count out some stadiums like the MCG, Marvel. So to have to probably... I mean, this one, likely Saudi Arabia, would be November and December like it was in Qatar. Because obviously... If you have it in the summer for those countries, it's regularly over 40 degrees and you probably can't play a full 90-minute game there. So I think, obviously, if we were to do this for Australia, if we were to have a World Cup in Australia in November and December... I was actually just about to get onto that. When would it be the perfect time to host a World Cup in Australia? It'd be tricky because you'd have to... 
reach out to the AFL. They'd have to mm. give you the green light to have some games in AFL-owned stadiums. Well, not owned, but where games normally are. So, again, the MCG, Optus Stadium, just to name a couple, be pretty hard to get one of your hands on one of those two for the World Cup. And um, so then that'd probably leave like November and December. But even then, an Australian summer isn't much isn't, isn't much different to the ones it's in Saudi Arabia. It's not too much different to the ones in the Middle East. You'd get some... It's not always 40-plus degrees like it might be over there. However, it's still pretty hot. And if it'd be, I remember, when America first hosted the World Cup in the 90s, mm. it was so hot, they needed to have breaks every, like, 30 minutes. Wow. Because, just getting onto that quickly before I let you go, America is hosting a World Cup, is that correct? They are hosting in 2026, as well as Canada and Mexico, and uh, just quickly, this Saudi Arabian bid, it's going to be met with its controversy for the next decade, you'd imagine, a bit like Qatar, some human rights question marks there as well. Which are looming over it, but obviously, they can't do much about it now, because it's too late for the other countries to bid. Yeah, they can't bid, there's not much they can do, Saudi Arabia pretty much... Winning this by default, but of course, we've seen an in- increase in major sporting events in Saudi Arabia. It's a popular spot for big boxing matchups, obviously. We had Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou, which took place a couple of days ago. It was in Saudi Arabia, and their soccer league as well mm. have had no troubles pulling the big stars. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo and Neymar Jr., just to name a couple. Mm. There's also some big plans in place just for infrastructure. That doesn't just involve stadiums and arenas as well. That's, That's like, just in general Saudi Arabia. But I think another question is, it's going to be 48 teams for this World Cup. Can so Saudi Arabia house all of them? 48 teams. Yes. Wow, that is a lot. I know. I so, think the question there is, can they house all of them? Like, I'm not 100% sure. They'll need to build like some sort of like housing thing like they do for the Olympics. You know? Yeah. So... I mean, which is going to take a lot of money and effort to do. Yeah, but again, that's why we're seeing now. So the upcoming World Cup and the one in 2030, there's multiple nations hosting it. Mm. Can Saudi Arabia do it on their own with 48? Is uh, it big enough? I'm not 100% sure. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. But quickly, 2026 World Cup, America, Canada, Mexico. Are you going? I'd like to go. Um, I have made some sort of promise to go. But I'm guessing it's probably going to take, what, about 20 grand thereabouts? That's Australian. I mean, I mean I'll mean, i let it's you do doable. the calculations yourself. It's but doable. You're going to need to start saving roundabout now, in fact, actually. So, you know, it's going to take you a lot of time. Year of to... full-time work probably secures it. Yeah, about that. Well, Talon, thank you so much for coming on, talking about the World Cup. And obviously, SBS have confirmed that they are the, main got the rights for the 2026 one, which is in America. With all 104 matches and 48 teams. The game times will be similar of that, like the NFL or the NBA, obviously, in America. They're usually... Most regions are 12 or 13 hours behind us here in Perth. So there'll be a lot of 1am and 4am games, much like the NFL, where we might get the one that's at about 8 o'clock, which is usually for the NFL, Sunday night football or Monday night. Hmm. So it'd be pretty similar to those. So, obviously, we'll have a lot of bars most probably stay open for that here in Perth to make sure that people are able to watch it because who wouldn't want to miss out on a World Cup match? That is for sure. But coming up in a little bit, I'll be talking about the Rolling Stones and how they have been given an award for what is truly a remarkable thing. Talon, thank you so much for coming on. And that is coming up in a bit here on Boom Talks.
Brown-eyed girl Van Morrison for you here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. And now we go from Van Morrison to the Rolling Stones because they released a new album last week and it went to rave reviews by everyone. And obviously you would all remember the announcement that they made about it and that it's, you know, it's their their new studio album with all original material for the first time they've done that since 2005 so now you also remember the lead single from that album went a little bit like this So that was Angry, their lead single off their new album, Hackney Diamonds. And now, since they released that album, it's become their 14th number one album, and they were given the accolade to mark 1 billion career streams. They've gotten 1 billion streams on Spotify. Now, that they received that award from the Brits Music Awards, which is Britain's music sort of like aria, you could call it. And now the band who is made up of Sir Mick Jagger, Keith Richard and Ronnie Wood have become the longest active artists to receive the prize according to the British phonographic industry. And Dr. Joe Twist, who is the executive chief of the BPI, said few artists have crossed generational divides in quite the way the Rolling Stones have. Their iconic songs and albums are era-defining, but the band remain as contemporary as ever. The BPI is thrilled to honour them with a Brit Billion Award, which underscores both the timeless appeal of their music and the extent to which they are now also connecting with a new wave of fans, thanks to streaming. The Brit Billion Award was officially launched in May of this year, and the Rolling Stones have become the 25th artist to receive the honour, following the likes of Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, Queen, Abba, Coldplay, as well as pop star Olivia Rodrigo, Billie Eilish. Ellie Goulding and Lewis Capaldi and Ray. So there you go. They are the 25th artist to receive this award. It is incredible and congratulations to the Rolling Stones as well. But right now, here is the Pretty Uglies with Roll On. Local track for you here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. Raspberry Beret, Prince and the Revolution for you here on Boom Radio with Boom Talks. Now, this is the end of the show, unfortunately. It's been a fun three hours with you going through everything from entertainment to politics to everything else in between. And I hope you enjoyed it. But for now, I will leave you with the workday. Obviously, you've got the workday starting from 10 in just four minutes' time, so I better be quick. So... We can let the workday presenters come in and do whatever they have to do so you can get through your Wednesday workday. But you've got Bryza and Odin for your workday today. And then for your drive home from 4pm, you've got Taylor and Jev. And then you've got Urban Jungle. So make sure you stick around for that because it's all going to be great fun, that's for sure. But for now, it's goodbye from me and enjoy the rest of your morning. That's the end of Boom's Big Brekkie. Stick around for the workday.